I'm excited to announce that we are now on Patreon. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. Source does not have a specific path that it wants us to follow. Source does not believe that any being, any event, any process, any belief is right or wrong. Welcome to the Stream of David podcast. We are going to talk about gods. Who is your God? What is your God? I would imagine that people that listen to this podcast have all sorts of beliefs about what God is. I would imagine that some believe in the, the the biblical Christian version of God and still listen to this podcast. A lot of people do. Uh, perhaps other religions. Uh, many more probably don't believe in any type of God whatsoever and maybe believe in source or the universe or nature. To me, all of those things are the same thing. The powerful creative force that creates the universe, meaning everything, all life, planet Earth, everything on it, everything beyond planet Earth, that energy is a singular energy, but it is an omniscient energy. It's everywhere, all the time. It is all things. So it's easy to compare that to the notion of God. Where my belief system stops, however, is this concept of this judgment deity that is seeking worship or obedience. This energy that that is seeking a certain type of behavior. Because my experience with source energy, and, and it's not unique to me, I believe that we all have a connection to source energy. I think the thing that makes me in a minority, perhaps, is that I've always paid attention to that energy. I didn't allow the teachings that were around me to dissuade me from really going inward and listening to what my inner being, my heart, my soul was delivering. Because what I was being taught externally didn't make sense to me. It wasn't really working. And I wasn't being taught a whole lot early on. I had very disconnected parents, which ended up being the greatest gift I've ever received. So having disconnected parents, not having examples necessarily to follow, and then going to church and to school and automatically, you know, age five and six, being skeptical of what I was being taught because I wasn't really indoctrinated into the matrix so much in my home life. I was really just kind of left alone. And that being left alone was really a good thing for me. In fact, uh, not in this episode, but the very next podcast that I put out is going to be about having a disconnected childhood and the the value of that. But to bring back uh, the, the conversation back to the topic at hand, what is your God? Who is your God? And you may be thinking of a deity. You may be thinking of source. You may be thinking that you don't have one at all. But I promise you, you do have one. Because your God is your belief system. Because you create the concept of God in your belief system, just as I have created my concept of God, i.e. source, in my belief system. And I believe, and in fact, if you really think about it, this explanation of God, for me, makes more sense than anything I was taught in religion, that, yes, we have this creative, expansive, abundant 
force that creates and expands the universe. But our human experience in this case, our physical experience, we're all human beings. If you're listening to this podcast, as far as I know, and that experience is very much one that is in a matrix of belief, a belief system. And it's an experience of chance. That's the logical part. This is why life isn't fair. This is why we're not all born equal. We're not. Some people are born into privilege. Others are born into poverty. Some are born into downright abuse and neglect. Some aren't even born. So right there is your evidence that we're not all the same. We're not all equal. We're not all here to have the same experience. And if there was this, this concept of this, this loving, just God, and we were supposed to be moving toward utopia, we wouldn't be experiencing this tapestry of, of experiences. Everything from being the stillborn fetus to being the most privileged, celebrated person on the planet, uh, like royalty or something, you know, right out of the gate. So there's my evidence and all the evidence that I need to know that there is not some all-controlling God in the sky that is seeking a specific experience for us. All the evidence that I can gather shows me that we are here for an experience of chance, meaning that we are here to create our experience as we go. And yes, in the matrix, that belief system could easily be we are here uh, to be lucky or not and to have things happen to us and have, have an experience of chance. I believe that we are here creating our experience of chance, meaning that we are conceived our consciousness sparks into physical creation, and this physical creation developed organically as a development of chance. We are a mutation of our environment of, of higher intelligence than the other physically manifested beings that we're aware of at this time in our environment on Earth. So here we are having this experience of chance, and we all know, if you're listening to this podcast, you have some spark of belief that we have some power of creation in shaping what that's, this experience is. And even scientists, especially in the medical field, understand that belief has a huge impact on the actual physical experience, the physical outcome. Patients that believe they are going to heal have a higher rate of healing than patients that believe they're going to die or suffer along the way because we create all of that. So even the medical field acknowledges that at this point. I think scientists uh, have a little ways to go to really bridge the gap between a theory and, and, and establishing it as scientific fact. I don't really believe that much. I believe in, in science as something that expands our knowledge of the energetic realm and how we relate to it, certainly. But every time we have something that's supposedly scientific fact, very often, eventually, it evolves to something more sophisticated. So that's not saying that a current day scientific fact doesn't have value. Of course it does. It's our best understanding of something. But chances are that best understanding may evolve into an even better understanding or deeper understanding. And I think when it comes to all of this stuff, the scientific community is not there. And so those of us that are more faithful, willing to put faith and power into something that we can't prove or hasn't actually been proven in a concrete way, we are able to, to sort of dance out on the leading edge. But I do like proving it to myself. That's what I love about the stream's teachings is they are never saying, this is gospel, this is we're saying so, and you just need to believe because we say so. 
They are saying, take these very easy to understand concepts, apply them in your lives and see what happens and discern for yourself whether this is the right path for you or not. Not everyone's ready for this. I love that about this message. We'll always be about that. So for me, it's coming to understand that receiving the clarity that we all have a belief system. We operate on a belief system. We, we are technology. We are technology that's so advanced that we have yet to comprehend it, even though we're really chasing it with artificial intelligence. Certainly, we're getting close, but we are so sophisticated in our technology, the, the way that we're created, that it seems organic. It seems, quote unquote, natural. But if you look at how the human body is, is, is made up, all of the components that go into that, you cannot for a minute argue that we're just some happenstance organic thing that just happened. No, thought went into this. Thought went into our design. The design of our physical vehicle thought went into it. And that's lovely. And I will let the medical community continue to explore all of that. What I want to explore is the operating system that we run on. Because yes, we, we create artificial intelligence, computers, robotics. We create all of that stuff really in our own image. We, we are creating things that operate the way we do. So we have a physical vehicle and the physical vehicles have a lot of similarities, although they're not all produced the same and they don't all organically develop the same. Some of us are fat and bald and some of us are thin and have hair and some of us are male and female and, and others are somewhere in between all of that. I get all of that. But the belief system is the operating system. And I am all about the belief system. I believe in all of the work that I've done working with people all over the world for these last several years, teaching the Taya practice, I see how people create a belief system from early childhood that delivers a life experience for them. And when they get really uncomfortable in that life experience, they are guided to start exploring how they can change the life experience. And I know, and I know this is my belief system. I know that the way to change that life experience is to change the belief system. And it's not just the law of attraction. That's why so many people read the secret and then, then threw it aside and decided it was all bullshit. But it's not bullshit. The secret was rooted in truth. And it was a very simplistic sort of dumbed down version for the masses. And that's great. And it got a lot of people into this type of, of thought for sure, which is which was a great vehicle to do that. It's like a gateway drug. I love the secret. There's a reason that's one of the best selling books of all time. Think and grow rich is yet another one. You know, what's more seductive than thinking about, hey, you can think yourself into being rich. You don't have to be born into wealth, uh, especially uh, in a society such as you know, where I live in the United States. You don't necessarily have to be born into wealth to be to change classes and become a wealthy person. And to think that your mindset is really the basis of all of that success really rings a bell for a lot of us because innately we know that it's true. Our inner being is saying, yes, we light up when you read those words and believe them because we agree. Your thought process creates your reality. So I've taken that way beyond all of that to, to understanding that our belief system is that of our own creation. And we have this matrix that we live in that indoctrinates us into all these different versions of, of the human matrix belief system. But notice that, that there's a common running theme at its core. And so many religions 
even though they'll have different uh, variations and they'll certainly some will take you further uh, left or right, if you will, in beliefs, they all operate on the same premise that there is this deity in the sky or something that's external from us that we must pay attention to. We must worship in most cases and even obey and that that is what's creating our life. God sent me this. God did this for me. The universe is teaching me a lesson. It was really interesting to me because I, I didn't dive right into mainstream spirituality. I knew that I was understanding things on a very different level or in a very different way than most people that I was encountering. So I started to delve into to spirituality. And one of the first things I did was I bought a book uh, written by a woman named Sylvia Brown. And this was early 90s when I was in my early 20s. And right away, that book just was just turned me off. It was just too fluffy and woo-woo and out there for me. It was a big turnoff. And so I really sort of stepped away from anything that, that looked like mainstream spirituality. At the same time, I stepped certainly away from religion. I'd already kind of gone through a whole questioning of religion because growing up and understanding that I wasn't what my religion told me that I was supposed to be, uh, that for a while I went through a little bit of a period thinking that something was wrong with me. But I already had, you know, parents kind of telling me you're not what we wanted you to be and we didn't want you in the first place and all of this stuff. And it just felt awful to believe that I was placed on this planet to be something that I wasn't supposed to be. So that's when I started questioning all of that stuff. And that's when I learned that the only true truth is inside. It's inward. And yes, there are some thought leaders that were writing some books that resonated and helped me in my process of understanding myself, but ultimately it was all an inward journey. And my inward journey did not take me down the path of, of what I call mainstream spirituality. And I know a lot of you are probably a lot more into spirituality than I am to this day, even though I'm a channel, even though this is considered very beyond physical, which is how I would define spiritual I, th I find spirituality to be a big tent, but still heavily influenced by religion. I hear spiritual teachers who claim not to be a religion still peppering a lot of religion into to what they're talking about. So I really, in my channeling, I wanted to get my beliefs out of it altogether and just channel source. And in just channeling source, I came to understand how source does not judge Source does not have a specific path that it wants us to follow. Source does not believe that any being, any event, any process, any belief is right or wrong. And in the matrix, that can be very hard to wrap your mind around. Because when I talk about things like that, I know that people that are new to what I'm talking about, new to these teachings and ideas, Right away, they're going to jump to the, the the outer limits of well, what about you know pedophiles? What about mass murderers? What about Hitler? You know, we we have been asked all of those things, and the answer is always the same thing: that you are you are judging a temporary human experience against an eternal consciousness. The stream has said that our human journey, every single human journey in comparison to all that we are, is a little blip, a little grain of sand on a beach. And it's it's like a weekend trip. We come here, we have this, this light weekend experience uh, in the energetic realm. It's not such a big deal. We don't place that much pressure on it. It's an experience of expansion. 
and we expand our consciousness by becoming a more sophisticated version of it. And how do we become more sophisticated? We become more sophisticated by the experiencing of all of it. Yes, being an abused child makes you a more sophisticated being. And in the energetic realm, that is very, very clear. In the human realm, the matrix tells us we're not supposed to think that way, that we're supposed to label it as should not be and leave it there. That should not be. Yes, I agree. It'd be great if that never happened. It would be great if a child never suffered again. It would be great if there was no such thing as pedophilia. You know, I don't understand that at all. But source does. Source has given explanations on all of that. And the explanation is always that anything, anytime someone is inflicting harm for the sake of harm, for the sake of their own enjoyment, that they are deriving joy from harming something else, that is always separated from source energy. That is always a, a separation of that. That is always low vibration activity. That is activity rooted in ego. Our egos are flawed. Our egos are imperfect. Uh, our ego is not a bad thing, and it's not something that we should be looking to get rid of because the releasing of ego in, in human terms is death. But our ego was originally designed to be that element of our humanity while we're in our physical vehicles to discern preference. I like this. I don't like that. The concept of discerning a preference towards something that would harm another, and I mean harm another for pleasure, not the same thing as, as killing an animal for food. We're in a food chain. That's a whole different podcast. I'm not getting into that on this one. But harming another for pleasure. And certainly if you are preying upon a child or someone who's incapacitated in some way or someone who is disinterested or unwilling in a sexual way or just in a, a torturous way for, for your own pleasure, that's not a source-connected, loving, abundant energy. So it's something less than that. It's lower vibration. So it's something born of the, of the matrix. It, it, is, it is of the matrix. It is of ego. And it's, it's an overdeveloped ego that is always rooted in some type of fear and judgment. And that fear and judgment vibration is what allows people that we might label as, as abusers or sociopaths or whatever to give themselves permission to act in such a way. So yes, we have this belief system uh, that we have created called Taya, and it's as aligned with source energy as possible without adding you know, human uh, judgment and fear in. Well, in that belief system, there comes this time where you sort of have to reconcile concepts such as harming children. If there's no right and there's no wrong in this belief system, how do we allow that to continue? Well, notice that the pushing against the judgment, the fear peddling around all of that doesn't solve it. It doesn't solve anything. That's why we have these problems that are ongoing for hundreds of years, beyond that even, that never get solved thousands of years, really. If you, if you read the Bible and believe that a lot of that text was written thousands of years ago, and I have no reason to believe that some of it wasn't, even though I think it's been massaged and updated and changed and edited and all of these things and certainly translated. But some of that text tells of stories thousands of years ago that are things that we still judge as wrong today. So all of that damnation of it hasn't solved it. 
And instead of damning it because it soothes my ego a little bit to say pedophiles are evil, yes, let's get on that bandwagon and say they're all evil. I would rather move toward how do we get a solution to that? Because there is expansion offered in solutions. I don't think that we are going to race towards some utopian environment where you never have another problem again. But I do believe that we can solve the problems that we have. Humanity is at this very interesting crossroads right now where we, we are, because of our ability to communicate in 3D, becoming so very intelligent that we are understanding how to, how to create ourselves. Computers, robotics, artificial intelligence, all of that stuff. You know, I know as far as investing these days, I'm looking more toward investment advice from AI than I am from human beings because I have seen how artificial intelligence can assemble data and flesh things out in seconds without prejudice, where a, a human being always has prejudice because there's always ego present. And we talk about uh, you know, AI becoming um, you know, more like human beings and starting to, to feel things and things of, of that nature. I think that there's no ego present there. When we get ego peppered into it, you may start having uh, those types of beings, but then you're going to lose some of the perfection of the intelligence because you're going to start peppering in opinion. And I've spun way off the topic at hand here, but I do think that we are creating technology that is very much like the technology we are. And as far as my teachings go, as far as the Stream of David teachings go, the real value is not really fully understanding AI. That's, there's tons of other people that know a lot more about that than I do. The value is understanding that we are AI, that we have an operating system, and that our operating system is our belief system, and our belief system is our God, and that creates our lives. Now, you may not like hearing that you have a God, that you have something that's controlling. I don't believe it's anything that's external. It's internal. It's your belief system. And yes, I do believe that you can craft a belief system that is more in alignment with what you desire to experience. You can craft a belief system that's going to deliver more of what you want to experience while you're in physical and less of what you do not. And it's going to give you tools to actually solve things. Everything that we're experiencing as, as humanity can be solved. We are not beyond the path of changing direction and stopping all of the quote unquote destruction of the planet. I don't think that we're destroying the planet. I think we could move into a direction that makes it more uh, uninhabitable for us. And we die off and then the, the planet moves forward and, and bounces back. We see examples of that. We'll go and pave over planet Earth. And we, as long as we're paying attention to, to whatever we've created, that thrives. And then we take our focus away from it. It starts to crumble and disintegrate and Earth returns. The vegetation grows back over it. Eventually, it just dissolves back into the Earth environment. I believe that that has been for eons. And there's a lot of, uh, of elements of the core of Earth that were not necessarily what you would call an organic creation. But here we are on this planet at this amazing time where we are becoming so intelligent in 3D because of our ability to communicate in 3D. I believe that that matrix creation of separation from source robbed us of our ability to uh, communicate without any tools telepathically, if you will. I, I do think that we're all connected. I do think that there's certainly a collective consciousness at play here. Um, th there's no, uh, there's absolutely no coincidence that our, our human vehicles, you know, sprung up on, on different continents in this world 
and sort of all developed with a lot of the same uh, characteristics, but not identical. That's very interesting. That created this sort of tapestry of humanity, but yet we all evolved in a very similar way, regardless of where we were geographically. That's collective consciousness. That's source. So I do believe we have that. But I think the matrix came along and served to separate us from that ability by and large, tell us that we were all independent souls and that we needed to pray to a deity of some sort and obey a deity of some sort to have the life experience that we, our ego was desiring. And of course, that created mechanisms for controlling the masses. And that served a purpose to get us to where we are now. Well, where we are now is that we're, we have created technology to communicate in a way that's very close to the way that we communicated naturally prior to the matrix. So here we are having this, this collection of experiences and we're all coming together and sort of comparing notes and realizing that we're not that different after all, globally. And we're sort of forming a, a global language and a global way to communicate. Uh, more and more people are sort of you know learning multiple languages and learning how to speak one or two that are going to uh, continue to emerge as a more dominant language. And, and certainly we, we are developing tools that just allow us to take those barriers down. And what we're coming to understand is that, well, wait a minute, we've all been lied to about certain things. We all have this matrix of control and we don't have to be in it anymore. So we're wanting, we're seeking a pathway out of it. And as we seek a pathway out of it, the matrix itself being a vibration wants to maintain control, wants to be alive. It, it is alive. It's a living thing. And it, it, there's energy behind it and it wants to stick around. So it has these sort of tentacles that, that do come for us. Oh, you think you're going to get out of the matrix? Well, here's something to be fearful about. Here's a diagnosis that's going to scare the hell out of you. Or here's a piece of news that's going to make you think that your country is going to be invaded or that the, the financial system is going to collapse and the world's going to be in chaos and we're going to be at war and we're all, you know, the nukes are going to be activated and we're all going to kill each other and we're all going to end. And aren't you afraid of that? Well, one of the most powerful things that you can do as a human being is end your fear of death. If you can move in a direction where you authentically end your fear of the death experience, then you have such great power. It doesn't mean that you're going to run out into traffic or anything like that, but the, that concept of, of you're going to die, you're all going to die, people are going to die. Look how much that was utilized during the pandemic. I'll never forget turning on CNN uh, for something, I don't even remember what it was about, and seeing a, a ticker of a death toll for COVID. I turned it off immediately. I, I'm not going to be party to this crap. I'm not going to sit and watch somebody telling me their belief system or what they want me to hear and believe while they have a death toll ticker next to their to, to their image. I'm not going to be part of that. I know what that's all about. I don't want to be part of it. So I, I discern my preference to move away from that. But when you detune the fear of your own demise, and more importantly, sometimes detune the fear of the the suffering and death of others. Because think about how much that has power over us. Uh, if you if you kind of um, surf around social media a little bit, you see a lot of that out there. There's a lot of, of fear and judgment around the concept of, of the suffering of others, more so uh, uh, very often than your own suffering and your own imminent demise. So those things that fear of those things lowers your vibration and lowers you back into what we call the vibration of complacency. Compliancy, sorry. The, the vibration of compliancy 
can create complacency, certainly, but it's compliancy, meaning you're a compliant being. You're a productive being. You're not that low on the vibrational spiral. If you haven't taken our vibrational spiral training, it's on YouTube. Go find it. Uh, put a little effort in. Go find our vibrational spiral training. That in itself will start to change your life. But if you were in that negative five, what we call the negative five vibration of compliancy, and you you are a compliant but productive being. There's fear, there's anxiety, but not so much that it's stifling you. There's also some hope woven into that negative five vibration. You can be okay. There's a way out. Here's the carrot. Chase after that. Do what we want you to do and you'll be okay. But it's always this sort of dumbed down, dulled. Uh, there's just a little bit of fear peddled all the time to keep you in that negative five compliancy vibration. And when you stop fearing death, stop fearing poverty, uh, stop fearing living under the bridge. Uh, I had to cross that path myself. I, I said at one point, I would I would live under a bridge and do this before I would ever go back into the corporate world. And I, I stand by that. And I have yet to experience living under a bridge. So I'm doing okay. Uh, I detuned the fear of death. I detuned judgment. I detuned my own ego. Didn't eradicate any of those things completely. But I detuned it so they weren't as powerful as the matrix promoted them to be. And when you start detuning that stuff, you are right, you're, you're pushing all of that stuff down. Or really, you're not pushing it down. You're diminishing it. You're taking away its power because you're no longer feeding it through your fear and your judgment. And as that happens, naturally, your vibration is going to rise. When you start taking away the things that lower your vibration, your vibration naturally rises. Your vibration rises. You've got more of your own natural source being stepping forward and saying there's nothing to be fearful about. There is nothing that needs to be judged. That's always a choice. There's nothing going on on your planet that is wrong. There is nothing going on in your planet that is going to end that which you are. There's nothing going on in anyone's life that is going to end their eternal being, which is the larger part of them in the first place. This is all temporary every single time for every single being, for every animal that we seek to protect, for every child, for every human being, they're having a temporary experience. And there is zero evidence that the pushing against ends the suffering. The deep understanding of and not pushing against and not feeding whatever unwanted thing that we're, we're encountering with our own judgment, if you take the judgment away from it and seek deeper understanding, then you're moving towards solving it. And as you do this, you are claiming more power, more sovereignty over your own life experience, and you are moving more into becoming your own God. And I know that might sound blasphemous to people that believe in God, but there, there are portions of the Bible that state that God is in you, that you are of God. And that's what I mean by that, that you are the creator of your reality. Yes, there is this massive source energy that is the source of all creation, but it's part of us. It is actually the larger part of us. But when we come to physical, we acquire this, this physical vehicle that we create and we acquire this human ego that seeks to or serves to overshadow that. And the overshadowing of that keeps us out of perfection because the imperfection of the human journey is what makes us a more sophisticated version of ourselves, including suffering. I know that's not popular to hear, but it's true because think of the times that you have been challenged and challenged significantly. Think of the times that you have moved through a suffering experience 
only to find expansion, meaning growth, meaning that you came out the other side being a more sophisticated version of you. And I will tell you that that is the purpose of all suffering. But you don't always realize that because as long as you're stuck in judgment of the suffering itself, the thing that created it, you're not going to realize the full value of the experience. So as long as you keep beating the drum of this is wrong, this shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have been, they were wrong, they were monsters, they were evil, they were awful, they did this thing to me, it was terrible, it was the worst thing ever, that should never happen to anyone, I never want that to happen to anyone again. In fact, I'm going to keep that from happening to other people because it was so wrong and it was so bad, and I'm going to dedicate my life to that because this pushing against and this beating of the drum of should not be is going to finally solve it, yet it solves nothing. Nothing. It keeps those things alive. That beating of the drum of should not be is a great feeder of whatever it is that you want to eradicate. When you find appreciation for, and we do this naturally, you all have something. I promise you, you've got something in your life where you can say right now, if I had not experienced blank, I would have never realized blank. Think about that. Think about that. There is something. A lot of times it's tied to employment or relationships and things like that. If I had never uh, been with someone who treated me so poorly, I would have never found that level of love for myself to, in the strength to get out of that situation and never encounter it again and then meet the love of my life. Or if I'd never had a job that was so crappy, I would have never been motivated to go get an education, find a profession where I was respected and, and compensated for what I knew and had this great career if I hadn't started out there. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to uh, raise the minimum wage. I don't have an opinion about that one way or the other. I think we manifest, you know, our abundance one way or the other. If you want to raise it, great. If you don't, who cares? But me having worked for me and my experience, having worked those crappy minimum wage jobs. And when I was a kid, minimum wage was $3 and 25 cents an hour and working those crappy minimum wage jobs served as a motivator for me to go do something else. And it wasn't formal education, not for me, but I clawed my way into something else or allowed my way, maybe a combination of, of, of getting into other things that paid a lot more money where I was treated a lot better. I learned things. I added value. You know, when I was standing at the, the fry machine at Wendy's making minimum wage as a kid, I was miserable, but I wasn't adding much value. I wasn't. I, I wasn't trying to make the best French fries I could possibly make. I could care less. I was just there because I needed a job. So, you know, when you're in that mindset, you're going to have this, this equal experience. And if it serves to motivate you to get out of it, then it ends up being an expansive experience. What a wonderful thing that my father left when I was six. And it led from, to me to being this very independent being. It allowed me to develop and be the, the person that I truly am. What a wonderful thing that my mother was so disconnected from my life that I didn't have that experience of the loving mother. The matrix says that you have to have the experience of the loving mother. There's something really, really wrong. And there's probably going to be something really, really wrong with you. I didn't get that experience from anyone. And I don't need that experience today. And it's okay that I didn't have that. In my next podcast, you'll, you'll hear about why it's okay that children today aren't having that. It's a really interesting topic. So be sure to listen next week as well. But to wrap up this uh, collection of ideas, you might call it rambling and that's okay. Yes, you have a God. It's your belief system. And was your belief system created by default as a reaction to everything that you've encountered in your life, everything you created for yourself, really? Or is your belief system your own deliberate intended creation? 
Do you realize that you can go out and pick and choose the beliefs that you want to assign yourself to because we're all doing it? The stream is a belief system. Taya is a belief system. It's one that I firmly believe is is accurate. The thing that I believe that makes it different for all of you, I'm not asking you to worship David and obey David at all, ever. If I'm ever saying stuff like that, turn me off. Don't listen anymore. But what the message is, is here is my experience in going inward. We are guiding you to consider doing the same. Inward. The Taya tools are not about following David or the stream set of rules. At all, ever. Designed to never be made into religion. Ever, 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 ever. The tools are simple. There's four pillars of Taya. And they're all about, and I'm not going to get into that today, but they're all about you going inward claiming your own eternal internal power, and then crafting your own belief system that serves your preferences, your desires, what you want to experience while you're in physical. Regardless of where you are in your physical journey, it's never too late to start working on your belief system and, and making it one that works in your favor and looking around and realizing the people that are at the top of the financial pyramid and the people at the top of the health pyramid and the people at the top of the happiness pyramid and the relationship pyramid. The reason I say pyramid is because, you know, there's very few experiencing what they want and there's far less all the way down to the masses that are experiencing the opposite of what they want. Notice that's true about every one of those topics in humanity and many, many more. To be at the top of the pyramid, you have to love the pyramid. You have to appreciate the pyramid. You have to understand that everyone in that pyramid is playing a role in humanity and they're all contributing. And in their contribution, they're all expanding. They're all becoming more sophisticated versions of themselves. So regardless of what the human experience looks like, when we start realizing that the pain and the suffering and the trauma and the, even the early exit from physical, all of that stuff has value. We're simply operating in a matrix that says not all of it does. And the matrix is bullshit. I have been uh, quoted as saying, and I love this saying, that bullshit makes the world go round. Well, currently it does. Bullshit makes the world go round because we're all operating in belief systems of our own creation. And the beauty of being a human being is that we are more deliberately than ever creating our own belief system. Everything else operates in a belief system as well. Our animals certainly do. I I have two dogs and they're very different and have very different belief systems and thus very different personalities. They developed a belief system some way, somehow. And I know my French bulldog Lola, she's six now. She had a belief system. When I met her at six weeks at the breeder, there was already a belief system going. The breeder said, you know, I I will make you a deal on this dog because I can't keep her contained. She's my escape artist. She's constantly getting out and I I can't just keep her with the pack. And I looked that dog in the eye and I knew that she was the dog for me. And I appreciated the discount. French bulldogs are expensive. Best dog I've ever had. Does she still want to escape from time to time? Yes, but she's so smart. She's so inquisitive. She's got this, this belief system and she's always okay. French bulldogs are known to have all these health issues. She doesn't. She's always okay. She, she's such a, a little dog of abundance. We all operate on a belief system. You can make yours work in your favor. Your belief system can be one where you look at the world around you and you see joy and expansion and you're no longer judging. You're no longer judging your experiences. You're no longer judging the experiences of others. 
you are thrilled at the expansion, i.e. increased sophistication of all of it, because that's what I see. I see the world becoming a more sophisticated version of itself. I see the matrix fighting for life as we collectively destroy it or fracture it at least. I think that's great. I think the more the matrix heats up and the scarier the new cycle gets, the more we are destroying the matrix and the more that's a clear sign of that. And that more and more of us are stepping out of that. And we're realizing, gosh, I don't know what's right, left or right, uh, up or down. All of it seems scary. All of it seems frightening. There's all these theories out there and they, they just scare the hell out of me. I think this is the ending of humanity. No, it's not. We're not there. We may be there at some point as a people. Who knows? I think the demise of humanity is when we get so damn sophisticated and so at peace that we're close to creating utopia. That's when we're going to destroy ourselves because that utopian uh, version of planet Earth is, is going to eliminate the need for it because we won't be receiving expansion through our own suffering anymore, through our own experiences. The cool thing is, is that you can continue to manifest some unwanted experiences, meet them in joy, completely eliminate suffering because you've eliminated the judgment of should not be, and have a very, very different life journey, even with some obstacles along the way, because obstacles are why we're here. I want to thank you for listening. If you're a uh, Patreon subscriber, I'm going to go a little deeper into this and, and provide a few tools around this uh, to help you a little more. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, I would uh, strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that you consider joining our Patreon group. There's all these different levels uh, from free to affordable to you know expensive if you want to invest more money in, in learning about this stuff. It's completely up to you. It's completely fluid at this point. So go check it out. Uh, the link is in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.